You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the Church Life Podcast. So if you're listening on schedule, today is Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you. And I owe the church an apology because I recognize that I missed yesterday. So sorry about that, church family. Um, But let's make up for it today. Well, if you were in worship with us on Sunday, um, I preached for the first time in years a sermon about tithing from Malachi chapter 3. If you want to catch up on the sermon, if you missed it for any reason, you can podcast that on the other Carterville podcast, the Sermon Podcast, or you can watch the live stream on YouTube, uh, on our Carterville YouTube channel. So I've got a guest today to follow up from the sermon. Uh, one of our staff members, my brother, Jeremy Stroh. Hey, Stroh, how you doing, man? Hey, buddy. So Stroh, um, Stroh, you've been part of ministry at Carterville for an eon and a half now. And I appreciate your ministry to my son, to our church family. Um, I have found your voice a voice of wisdom. You're sharp with the text. You love the Lord. And uh, you, just, you got good spiritual insight, man. That's just my two cents. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. In fact, there are a couple things in the Sermon Sunday um, that I think were reshaped by some dialogues you and I had, um, yeah, probably a week ago or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it would be good to have Stroh sit with us for the podcast today just to help us dialogue about just New Testament attitudes um, in regard to giving. And so you know, I want to cue the, cue the podcast up today with a little direction. We're going to have a devotional moment together. We're going to be reading from uh, the scripture from the New Testament letter of 2 Corinthians in a little bit. Uh, and I'll kick off with this idea. To be honest with you, I think tithing in the Old Testament, tithing in the New Testament, tithing today. Um, it really is a test of faith. It really is hard for us at some seasons of our life to start giving to the Lord or continue giving to the Lord because nobody wants to let go of resources that we think could be used for ourselves or whatnot. There are other motivations. I'm not, I'm not pretending that there aren't. But I just want to acknowledge that, um, you know, that, that throughout every season of church history, you know, we just sort of had to lean into the voice of the Lord and say, all right, teach us how to do this. And today we're going to be reading in 2 Corinthians. So, Stro, what if I... What if I I'll read the passage for us and then share some of the things that you, you've been thinking about and you and I can just chat with the church as we continue to basically ask the Lord to help us to have a generous heart uh, and that we'd worship well with our giving. Okay, so 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 and following. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. I didn't say this, but Paul's directly talking about an offering he's collecting. Um, so he is talking about the church given financially. Uh, verse 7. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way. 
so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So, Stro, I know as we're reading that passage that Paul, uh, one of his major purposes for writing 2 Corinthians was to help the church uh, contribute financially to the spread of God's mission, especially to the needs of the church in Jerusalem, to the uh, missions activities, to the leadership in the church, to the hub and infrastructure of the Christian church at the time, to the poor, the orphans, the widows, the needy. Uh, that were being ministered to, the persecuted that were being ministered to in this early season of the church. Anyway, 2 Corinthians, one of the major purposes was uh, to promote this offering that Paul was going to collect. So there's a lot of giving and generosity language throughout the letter, correct? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Um, what are some of the things that you like about this text? Yeah, I, man, I really love that Paul starts with, hey, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Uh, Paul, just before this, it's kind of he says, hey, look, I want you guys to be prepared when we come. So hopefully when someone comes up, they don't go, hey, what do you have to give? And you go, I don't have anything to give. And if I give, it's going to really hurt. It's going to be hard for my family to eat. It's going to be hard for our family to make it. And when we're talking about sometimes week to week for folks, um, saving a little bit along the way means that when when it's time to give, when it's time to share, that we have a little something there. And so Paul's encouraging me to go say, look, as you're living, I want you to know it's important that you have a generous heart, that you're saving with a mind to give, that you're saving, that you're putting some back. And know this, man, that the more that you give, the more that God's going to pour back. Um, and, and that the less that you're willing to give and be generous with, man, the less the less that you're going to experience in that. And so mm-hmm. we talk about the tithe and a 10% and say, hey, look, this is, where, this is where we shoot for. This is what you want to go with. And I say, man, that's a, that's a good picture in the Old Testament. It's what they went with. It's what they walked by. Um, and in the New Testament, we see that, if anything, kind of raised to this place of generosity where Jesus goes, I want you to sell everything that you have and give it to the poor and come follow me to the rich young ruler. You know, where we see the disciples walking away from some, some certain... And where we see in Acts 2... A lot of guys uh, selling land, selling property, selling possessions, and giving the proceeds, giving what they had left to, to those who had needs. And so there's this, just this attitude of saying, we're family, we're community, we're in this together, and, uh, and an eagerness to share. And it was going towards taking care of the poor, the widows, the foreigners, the strangers, um, those in prison. Families of those who had someone in prison. And it was going towards those leaders in the church who were taking care and leading the people. And Paul was comfortable with the tithes going, or with the giving going that way. But here he says, hey, so it's a big deal that when you give, you don't give it with a reluctant or a compulsed heart. Like, you don't feel like, oh, I have to or I need to. If I don't do this, I'll get in trouble. Right. This is what's expected. This is what the law commands. This This is what the pastor said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a... It's not a rule-based giving. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. Meaning, man, if you're at a place right now where you say, I could eagerly give 7% of what we make. I can't give 10 right now. I'm going to be I'm going to begrudge that other 3%. Well, I say, well, then start there. Give that 6% or 7% with a goal to increase that. And don't cap it at 10%. I think that's the other trouble with tithing is that the New Testament doesn't give us that number. Instead, we're, we're encouraged to... to give until it hurts like to give until everybody has plenty and so i think i think it's too easy to go i'm giving 10 percent now i don't have to be generous now i can store up for myself treasures on earth and the trouble is there man a guy who gives 10 percent and then hoards all of his other belongings and that's not a cheerful generous giver 
So I guess if we're thinking in the Old Testament, you know, and I and I think in the Old Testament, some of the people who were giving their tithes, man, they were worshiping the Lord. Yeah, it's unfair absolutely. to think it's unfair to think that all the worshipers of the Old Testament were legalistic or hard hearted. Oh, That's sure. not true. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking of the Old Testament, um, you know, in the in that culture. Okay, the law says, and this is what I'm going to do. No doubt, some people gave offerings mm-hmm. beyond that. Oh, sure. But it's almost like the New Testament paradigm is not less than, but more than. And the mm-hmm. new law is the law of the Spirit, which produces yeah. generosity. And, man, that would require work in the heart. Oh, yeah. Um, especially when Paul starts to talk about, like you pointed out to us, not with a reluctant heart, not with compulsion, mm-hmm. but cheerfully. Um, so a lot of the listeners to our podcast, you guys are probably where I have been a bunch in my life, mm-hmm. <laughs> where I could give... Um, but it was probably more compulsion. Not that anybody's forcing me to give, but rather that I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The rule is I've got a tithe, right? Yeah. Um, or maybe sometimes reluctantly, yeah, I mean, I'll give to that, but I don't. And sometimes that's an offering or a need that I'm meeting that, you know, has come away. And man, I just look forward to the day where God completes the good work he started in me. Mm. And I am more and more and more and more generous where where I give cheerfully. Yeah. You know? Um, so I want I want that, and I want that for our church. You know that not that we would be giving uh, reluctantly or under compulsion, but that we begin to give like as an overflow of the spirit, generously. Mm-hmm. Something I thought was cool while you're chatting. So whoever sows sparingly reaps sparingly. Whoever sows generously reaps generously. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, what's neat to me is to believe that you've almost got to actually expect that God really is interacting in our daily life. Sure. Yeah. Because the reaping. From what I'm reading in Paul right here, the reaping is is God ordained. Like it's God blessing, and that's what we read in Malachi on mm-hmm. Sunday morning as a church. Yeah. So we started our week, um, and that's what I'm reading. You know, right here in verse eight, God is able to bless you abundantly, mm-hmm. so that in all things, at all times, you'll have all that you need, so that you may abound in every good work. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. lot of strong, lavish language. All, all yeah. abound, every. and it doesn't stop. In ten, he says, "Whoever." The one who supplies seed to the sower and bread will also supply and increase your store of seed, enlarge your harvest of righteousness. And so he's saying that if, if God created the universe, right, if God's the one who gives you seed and bread, when you give it away, he's able to fill that and then some. So, and, and I, feel, I feel like a couple things I want to stress to the church. Number one is, so our act of giving in church, is I don't want us to see that as a transa- transactional exchange. Oh, yeah, I'm going to give the church some money. Sure. I really would love to see this as an act of worship. Mm-hmm. You know, through our local body here, I'm, gonna, I'm going to, as an act of worship, give money to the Lord and His purposes through the local church. And, yes, it'll pay for ministers and ministries and facilities and missions, but, I am, but I'm, I'm giving this not to people but to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I... And I understand that the God of the cosmos is intimately involved in my life and he's watching over my dealings. Like he'll I'm not advocating that we're reckless with our finances. Nope. nope. But but that as I'm a good steward, the Lord will be watching over and ministering to make sure that I have the need I have my needs met and mm-hmm. I can continue to grow in my righteousness and see righteousness advance on the earth as I have what I need to advance his cause. But you gotta believe that God is actually intimately involved in our daily life to believe that the sowing results in reaping because the reaping is the gift of God. Mm-hmm. Other thing I want to be careful about is um, everybody in church, I think, knows that I'm really not a health and wealth preacher. Like, I'm not telling the church, hey, give the church more money and God's going to give you bigger cars. Like, that's oh. not at all what, I'm, what I would... I would never, ever say that. Uh, but I also would say, when we look at texts like this, 
we really do have to believe that our faithfulness in worship, every aspect, today we're talking about you know, financial stewardship, mm-hmm. but our faithfulness in worship to the Lord, like it really is met with the generosity of God, which cannot be matched. Yeah, I would say, man, maybe the talents, the parable of talents is a good place to end, where we think, so Jesus tells the parable of the talents, he says different folks have been given different, entrusted with different amounts, right? One talent, two more. And um, those who were, who did what the master asked and who made more, um, he continued to trust them with those and more. Those who were not generous, those who did not work with that, yeah. uh, what they had was taken away from them. And I think that's a true biblical principle. When we spend our life, our time, and our wealth on things that God cares about, um, he trusts us with more. And I think that's, that's what that parable is teaching. And when we when we hold it for ourselves or save it or put it in a corner and go, well, I knew that you said I had to give at least this much, and so I saved it, and here it is. And he goes, man, if you're coming to this with what do I have to give, what is required of me? You've already started too low. Um, that's that Man, you hate that. You, we want to be cheerful givers. We want to be eager to give. And we want to be able to trust that as soon as we begin to care about the things that he cares about, Man, he trusts us with more and more to give. How healthy is this? And it matches really well with what you're teaching us about the talents. But how healthy is this idea? So, you know, Paul says if you sow generously, you'll reap generously. In other words, God's going to come mm-hmm. in and supply. But for what purpose? So that I can just die with a bigger house or oh. more inheritance? No. Actually, Paul says in 2 Corinthians verse 11, why, why does the God that gives us daily bread come in and supply all that we need? In verse 11, you will be enriched in every way. So that you can be generous on every occasion. And through your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So, you know, for for Paul, he understands that, like, the way this equation ultimately works is more and more for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. That as you're sowing generously and God is supplying generously, it just equips you to be more generous Mm -hmm. so that we can continue um, God's good work, you know, in our lifetime. Yeah. Stroh, thanks for being with us today, man. I think, I think, uh, very, really productive uh, dialogue for me. I appreciate your comments. Oh, this gives me a good idea. Hey, church family, start praying right now for Disciple Now, which is really uh, less than two weeks away. That's it. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you very much. You Please ready for that? that? You ready for that? <laughs> Come. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, church family. Have a great day.